Hello, and welcome to the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I am your host, AJ, here with my other, uh, the other host, Frank. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> uh, I'm doing good. I, I didn't stick the landing on that one, but we're going to roll with it anyway. All right, welcome back to another episode, episode 24, uh, where we are going to discuss, I think it's a, a good point of discussion that we can launch into here. Uh, we're going to be talking about Justice League, but like we talk, we have discussions. Like I don't think we review these movies, and like I don't, wouldn't count on us to like, you know, let us know what you think. Like obviously, we're going to like have a bias because we like them and we saw them anyway. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is just kind of a recap of our thoughts. Having said that, if you know me and you've heard me talk about the DC Universe uh, films, we're going to talk about some shit today, and we're going to talk about Batman versus Superman, we're going to talk about Justice League, and we're going to get very much into it. Um, but first, uh, Frank. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we got to do something really special because you just moved back to the city and that we got to go to my absolute fav- most favorite, most favorite movie theater in all the world, uh, AMC Lowe's Lincoln Square in Lincoln Center, New York City in the Upper West Side. It is absolutely, ridiculously, fantabulously awesome in my opinion, but Frank, it was your first time. What did you think? Man, that was one epic movie theater. <laughs> I mean, I've been, you know, I've lived in New York for a good part of my life. I've seen uh, movies at some pretty awesome theaters. We had some really cool ones down in DC that were IMAX theaters as well. I've done the whole like uh, planetarium or the that kind of feel where it's a big IMAX screen, but this one was gigantic. Like it was like a city block. <laughs> yeah. And like uh, you, you gotta have that, you know, it's, it's New York city. That's, that's how it's done. It's a, a big, big screen. And, um, it was very, a, a really big theater too, which, you know, impressed me. I mean, it, it just, there, I don't know how many seats are in it, but it, I, I don't think our showing was necessarily sold out, which we'll get into as, uh, yeah, as we yeah, do. Yeah. But I, I really enjoyed it. You know, um, I definitely look forward to seeing other movies there. Um, probably not our next movie. We'll, we'll see. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really glad we went there. Um, definitely a cool new experience. And, like, something as big as the Justice League movie, which, like, as we're sitting there in – the theater as like the credits were about to roll. I was like, man, I feel like we've been waiting for this movie. Now I'm, I'm sure like comic book fans like have been waiting for this movie for decades, but like there has been some sort of buzz around a justice league movie for, probably for at least 10 years. Cause when they came out with Superman returns with uh, Brandon Ralph and then uh, the whole Batman begins and dark Knight trilogy, there was always rumors of, Oh, they're going to really, tie everything together gonna do the justice league and then marvel beat them to it and did the avengers and so like it's hard because this like at the time and you know at the end of our high school careers we're like getting really excited for this and it was something that we thought was going to happen really soon and it it stalled and there was many iterations that might have happened that didn't happen and but ultimately we got this one and you know it's we'll get into our full reactions but you know, a generally positive experience. Like, it was a good movie. I enjoyed myself through and through the entire time we were there. I was, like, smiling ear to ear. I was, you know, elbowing my, you know, sure, you sure, and my sure. wife next to me, like, when, like, really cool things were happening. It, and was, all, it, was, it was awesome. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's not perfect, but it's it, it was an enjoyable experience. So, um, yeah. So, thanks for inviting me to that theater. And, you know, I 
you you had the benefit of going seeing it uh, the opening night. So what was that like? Well, it was like it was like an advanced screening. I went with my cool brother-in-law Steve Smith. Um, well, thank you very much for bringing me along. That was very nice and very awesome of you. Uh, we went over to Forty Second Street and we saw it in a good screen, but really seeing it for the second time at uh, Lincoln Center really helped me to like this movie much more. Um, I, I think that this movie is really fun. And when I say fun, I mean that like the experience of watching this with you and like seeing like what we've talked about, you're right. Like the Dark Knight trilogy, like being midway through it, hearing the first rumblings of, you know, Really, you know, really, what it was was watching Kevin Smith talk about Superman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and seeing his, you know, little spiel about the Superman movie that never was yeah. that began this rumblings of, you know, maybe we can do better than Superman Returns. Maybe we gotta kind of start from scratch and not make another ode to um, the Richard Donner uh, classic films at this point. So, you know, they go back. You know, we, we see Man of Steel, you know, and then infamously, uh, you know, Christopher Nolan and the Nolan camp says that, no, there will not be any, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, continuity, continuity no, or Christian Bale or, Christ, yeah. Yeah, or Chris, Christian Bale Batman in these pictures. They're going to start over again. Um, you know, they don't exist in the same world. Now, kudos to. Uh, Christopher Nolan for kind of, you know, saying no because there is an alternative universe where Christopher Nolan says yes and and Christian Bale is still Batman, but it's still Batman versus Superman. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And, And, like, that movie still plays out similarly just with a different Batman. And, you know, I don't know if that would have necessarily been better. So... I think think today, you know, what we can take away from this movie is that, you know, uh, the characters really shine through. And I think that everybody enjoys and likes and has all these characters have like a likability and an amazing moment in the film where you connect with them all. And I think that that is something that we really... Um, you, you, we 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 got and and like that is the small victory of what this is because I don't think this is going to happen again, right? And I think that kind of you know the best part and and like full on again, I know that we're what we're like seven to, minutes into this podcast. Hello, <laughs> nerds! If you've been if you've been listening to this podcast and didn't expect us to talk about spoilers about Justice League, which you know, you clicked on, you know we're talking about it. We don't need to say a million times we're talking about Justice League, but we are talking about Justice League. It made $94 million this weekend, and we're about to spoil the crap out of it. So uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, we thought it was fun, but we're about to spoil it in three, two, one. Okay, so Superman came back and Superman made this movie really great, for, really great for me. And I think that, you know, so, okay... Yeah, I think that like if you if you take it for what it is, like the arc that Superman gets here in these three movies, while very disjointed, <laughs> you yeah. know, and divisive is, for sure. You know, 
Like the first, okay, the first movie, Superman doesn't save people. He's just a new alien, and he's just figuring out that he can also be, you know, that Clark can can yeah. also be Cal Al, uh, Superman. You know, some kind of super heroic figure on planet Earth. Right. He gets involved in all this crazy stuff. You know, he he kills Zod. You know, spoilers. Spoiler for a four-year-old movie. Uh, you know, um, you know, but he, but within that, like, you know, that's his. You know, that he he's out there. Then you know, the next movie, like everybody hates him. Everyone hates Superman and Batman vs Superman. Yeah. Um, everyone's really mad at him all the time. So like the disconnect from like that to this movie, where everyone is so sad about Superman in the beginning, and that there's like this wave of depression. Now that Superman is gone, yeah, is weird, and like, and, and I don't know, like, so when Diana, when Wonder Woman, and we'll talk about Wonder Woman in a minute, but when Wonder Woman like uh, ends her first awesome scene, um, and uh, you know she kind of looks at the camera and she's like, "Who are you?" And she's like, "I'm a believer." Is she saying that she's a believer in Superman? Like that she believes in hope and like the idea that you have to fight now for things yeah I, I mean i think she's trying to be what he was ultimately trying to be as well like yeah the the symbol of hope like you know it goes back to the pre uh, basically the teaser before the the credits where you see uh the kid interviewing superman and he's talking about hope and what the symbol means and you know believing in that and i think that is what diana was really talking about and how you know that she was trying to fill that gap that he was starting to have. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when she's doing this and she's doing it excellently and like her arc is nice too. Like she comes out of the shadows, you know, when she starts to, you know, see these, you know, superhero rumblings, you know, in Gotham, then, you know, she's, she's fighting doomsday. Then yeah, <laughs> we have a nice little flashback moment in her office at Where the she, Louvre. She suddenly remembers <laughs> everything that happened a hundred years ago. She suddenly remembers. <laughs> and she is, very, she is a very amazing story. It's very compelling and beautifully shot. And, you know, I loved it. You know, I, I really, I love that movie. It's, it's pretty amazing. And when, you know, she comes back and she's like, okay, she, you know, you see her flying off at the end. And, you know, you kind of see like she's just very sad at the end of this movie. Um, this kind of completes her arc, and it kind of says, "All right, well, you know, now she can be a le- she's the leader yeah. of the Justice League, and that is something that you know Marvel isn't doing. Like, and and like that's kind of cool, and and like you know, she they know that she's the best part of what they have going right now, yeah, and that she's absolutely the most bankable and." most likely to continue like Gal Gadot could do this for a hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And like, you know, it's like what you were saying. So with Marvel and like, so they did something really special in that they were able to create uh, a universe around some of their B and C list characters because the, the main ones, Spider-Man and fantastic four and x-men all with other studios so they took some of the the ones that people are a little bit lesser known i mean avengers were a known entity but they were not the justice league like i i think they've become socially like huge and they're huge in pop culture now but i think 
X-Men were probably a bigger name for Marvel if as a team than, you know, than the Avengers were, you know, at least growing up in the 90s. And so you have this moment that Justice League brings together some of the biggest superheroes that, you know, they're A-list. You've got Superman, Batman, The Flash, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and, you know, to a lesser extent, Cyborg. He's a little bit... uh, newer i would say but you know he's def- he's definitely a c level right. league character but like the other you know four or five are well like no cuz like green, green lantern mm-hmm. is is b yeah you know uh green green arrow is probably uh, a c like yeah like you know c you know the the we'll, but we'll the, the majority of the the team in this movie is their a list and you know this this is a special moment that you know has been leading to for a long time and yeah it's just like going back to what you said that there's it's interesting that the the leader of the team kind of shifts throughout you know it it starts off a little bit with bruce trying to put the pieces together and then it goes to to diana as as kind of coming into her own as a as a team member but you know what what are we going to see now in the future with superman now that he's back because he had almost like a redemptive arc for, you know, he wasn't a villain by any means, but he had yeah. this, this interesting arc that now after three movies, you, you see him as a, a heroic character in, in the sense that like you might almost compare to an anti-hero in some other franchise. So we may, yeah. we, may we, we may not see much more of him. We don't know, but you're right. I think uh, wonder woman at the center of this team, you know, she like, she led them through it, and he, you know, he's super powerful. <laughs> like that, we'll get to that too. But you know, the fact that she was able to kind of rally the troops and get them all together um, was really, really awesome. And I, you know, I, I would like to see a, a sequel. Um, but I think okay. So <laughs> let's let's talk about what's going to happen. Um, but we'll talk about what's going to happen later. But yeah. let's still talk about the movie now. Um, okay, so I think, again, let's talk about the characters, because I think that's what's shown through here. I think that the plot of this movie is a little weak, and a little, and it's pretty much the same plot as Thor The Dark World, or any of the movies where they're like, you know, you have to, you have to mess up the guy's trinket in order to, you know, kind of save the day. Right. You have um, to stop the bomb from going off. You have to yeah, stop the, stop the bomb from going off. Save the trinket. There's there's some kind of you know mysterious thing at the end of it. Sometimes it's like a puzzle. Sometimes you have to you know you have to you know think about it the whole movie. I was getting ma- major Age of Ultron vibes in it. Um, yeah, I mean, it has, but the villain it has was kind nowhere. of an Age of Ultron. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? That's interesting. Age of Ultron has a CGI villain, but it was a guy who did motion capture. Mm-hmm. Now, I they had to have somebody there in a motion capture suit for this guy, right? Sure, yeah, definitely. But it's crazy that Ultron, you take kind of credibly because, you know, there's a lot of care put into this kind of... I guess he's a pretty iconic villain for the Avengers. Sure. And, I mean, and James Spader, uh, nothing against Sharon Hins. I don't know how to pronounce that. I apologize, sir. But, uh, you know, he, he was Man's Raider in Game of Thrones. He's he's a big-ish actor, but, you know, James Spader, like, really put his all into that role. And, like, because he did the motion capture. I, I don't know. I think he was 
only the voice for Steppenwolf. So like that, that takes a little bit out of the performance. Right. And that's, and that's hard, man. So I think that that's a, that may play, you know, that may loom large. And I hope that, uh, Warner brothers hears that like kind of complaint from everybody loud and clear and like, doesn't ever do that again. I know that they think that we hate Lex Luthor and Jared Leto as the Joker. And the truth is, is that it's not that we hate them. It's that we haven't given them like a really great opportunity to shine on their own. Like you, like they rushed doing Lex in Batman vs Superman so irresponsibly. It's like, uh, yeah. But I, but you know, I think a lot, also a lot of people don't like the Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor, and I'm okay with that. I I think that that fits with today's times, and like I think to get like a Brian Cranston kind of character only kind of (laughs) i'll tell you what it does it makes these big warner brothers fat cats reflect badly on themselves because it more fits with (laughs) what they see you know yeah these kind of wealthy industrialist assholes so they want it to make us look like that and that's fine so uh okay but back to um this movie okay do you think you could tell where Joss Whedon was and wasn't? Do you think that you could feel the kind of the the shift in the salt water to fresh water, if you will? I mean, I mean, I think it's no uh, coincidence that he directed Age of Ultron. We just talked about how there's a comparison to that. Like, I think that shows it a bit. But you know, un- unfortunately, it it didn't do the credit to the. The villain of this movie. Um, I I also felt uh, comparisons, and this may just because of the the sort of resurrection scene, like uh, of Superman to Vision, that felt very similar. But um, and I think some of the humor may have popped through. I think um, you know he's got that dark, dry humor that um, we were seeing here a bit. But I think mostly, from my perspective, it still felt a lot like a Zack Snyder movie and. You know that that comes with its, it's good and it's bad, um, and so you know, unfortunately, the bad I think is the the heavy CGI, um, where you can't connect with the villain or even you know the, the bugs or whatever you want to call the, um, the parademons. The parademons, like the they were just fine. You know, it, you never really felt like it was a huge threat. I think it was really important that they showed. Um, the heroes saving people this time, you know, that there was actual um, consequences for, for their actions and they went out of their way to save people. Cause that's a, like, that's a key thing from comic books, you know, they're always yeah, about yeah, yeah. saving the people and it's not just about taking down the bad guy. Um, oh, agreed. And I really appreciated that in uh, kind of the ending of this movie. It, it felt, it felt good. It felt natural. It felt like a, like it was trying to say, you know, a profound thing. Um, all right. I want to talk about Aquaman. I think they sold me on at least two Aquaman movies. <laughs> you know, I'm down to see Jason Momoa be a cool Aquaman guy. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know what James Wan, who's this awesome horror guy, uh, have planned for this, but I will be there. Yeah. 
I mean, um, what did you think? What did you think of Jason Momoa's portrayal? I liked him. Now I know almost nothing about Aquaman, but you know, this is clearly a different take on what the the character, for the most part. Now they have had some uh, series where he's a little bit more grungy and um, a little bit more grounded, um, but I, I think I think it worked. You know, it it made sense. He's more of like a pirate sailor kind of character instead of just a guy that talks to fish. And like they, they made it a little bit more realistic in that he, he's, he controls the water or he can influence the water, which influences the, the, the marine life. And um, I was really, really curious as how they were going to do some of the underwater scenes. And for the most part, it looked really cool. They did look cool. And I think it it made sense that um, sort of at least, that, that they, they made the bubbles. The bubble, yeah. Like I think there's probably just from a practical standpoint, they, they, it's like, well, why don't we just do this? Because it'll make everyone else's lives easier. Like it, it'll it'll make it easier on the audience to understand what they're saying. It'll make it easier for the actors. It'll make it. So it, it's hard because you know this is not something that I think would have been true to canon, but it makes sense and it's it's doable. Um, and you know the the action felt felt a little bit natural. I kind of w- wish things were a little bit quicker and that you felt like there was qu- like fast motion underwater. It'll of- be cool to see like like depth. Like I'd be, yeah. I'm interested to see like how they show like the depth of the ocean in an Aquaman movie. Um, yeah. And, and I hope that they beat fucking James Cameron to the underwater Avatar movies. <laughs> that they make it like way before and that it looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, Okay, um, yeah, I I dug Aquaman. I think the his little supporting character Mira, the queen, right? Yeah, yeah, she was fine. Um, She's she'll be fine. A, she'll be a big deal. I think. Um, no, no, that must. Be, I was thinking, didn't they cast like Willem Dafoe or something as a character in Aquaman? But that might be for that movie and not for Justice League. But um, my only complaint, I would say, is that in all of his action on land because let's be real like the majority of his time was on land it never really was clear what he could do it just seemed like he was kind of a strong guy and that um you know he he could fall large distances and not get hurt and it's just like it didn't seem like he did enough with his power but i think that's also like because this is not an aquaman movie this is a justice league movie and we didn't have the benefit of having an Aquaman movie first and really understanding what he could do. Um, no, and they and they haven't shown that yet, yeah. you know. And the, and, the, and there's like, you know, they tried to show that in the middle battle scene. Sure. When they first meet Steppenwolf, but even that is, you know, is is muddled, and and they could have made that kind of cool, I think. Uh oh yeah okay, uh, um all right so we're all in on uh, Aquaman boom. We're all in on Wonder Woman. Boom. She's great. Uh, I think that they're already making another Wonder Woman, too, right? They have the release date for that and everything. They do, and they uh, there was this whole news around Brett Ratner and that she wouldn't do the movie if, if he was still involved, and he's no longer involved, so they're moving ahead, which is great because we, we want this movie, and we want everyone to feel comfortable on set and... You know, to have a positive experience when they're making the movie. So whatever she, whatever she needs, right. get her whatever she needs. Right. Um, it's absolutely un- unbelievable that this, you know, you know, any, ugh, I hate everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. 
Uh, okay. Um, I'm excited to see Wonder Woman fight Cheetah. They have to do Cheetah in the next movie. <laughs> That's the rules. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we go back, uh, you know, you have your, you know, B-level villain in the first one, and then you have your A-list villain in the sequel. Um, I hope that they take uh, that note. Um, please do that. Uh, but good luck to Wonder Woman. I hope that even if the Justice League movies and Ben Affleck's Batman kind of all fall apart, um, that uh, Wonder Woman gets to have at least another movie. Yeah. Um, and that maybe the cool thing about this time will be Wonder Woman. And and that's what we'll look back on. We'll say, you know... We had to get, we had to kind of go through a period, <laughs> yeah, where uh, you know they we were trying to remake what it means to be a man, mm-hmm. and in doing so, discovered how to portray a strong female hero in a film, and that's kind of a profound thing. Yeah, and uh, they and one that inspires hope and is positive for kids, like Sarah Connor, and you know. Ripley are great, <laughs> but like, but little, yeah, little you kids. Don't want, no, <laughs> you don't want <laughs> you them know, toting guns around and you know melting faces. And <laughs> no, we we gotta we, we gotta have role models here. So I think that that's you know okay, all in on Wonder Woman. Boom. Yeah. Okay, Cyborg. Um, yeah, I don't know if Cyborg's gonna get his own movie. I hope that he's in Flash. That's what the rumor um, is at this point. I think there I was think a that, cyborg movie at some point, but I don't know if it's still happening. I think he was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I don't know why he had to have the gross armor in this one. I liked the armor at the end of uh, the movie. Uh, I think that that looks much more appealing yeah <laughs> i don't well, know why they didn't change and it was that. kind of unclear because like in in the videos of his father working on the armor you know you see that his his body is you know he's got one regular arm he's got basically torso up and his head partially you know damaged but like when we see him in present day he's just a face or half a face and so it's like does he have part of his body underneath the armor and it's just like it needs he needed more space for the suit to go over it or is it like was the armor like damaging the rest of his body tissue and like has he lost like all of that has he lost his other arm all unclear (laughs) like it just All, all unclear all unknown at this point yeah um okay um We'll, I guess we'll find out. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, what the I Flash. think. The fl- I think who was really fun, the Flash. Yeah. Uh, Ezra Miller. Okay, so I don't watch the Flash TV show. I'm a dick, but I did <laughs> watch the original '90s Flash pilot and first few episodes that my parents had recorded on a VHS. Yeah. Like a thousand times. So I loved that show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always dreamed of, or actually, which to be perfectly honest, I always thought there kind of was a Flash movie because I, I had like an hour and a half of Flash content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you <laughs> kind of watch. watched it all together and yeah. it felt like a movie. Yeah. The first Flash TV show, music is done by Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's very cinematic. 
So, uh, I watched that, and I was really excited to see Always a Flash movie and see Flash on screen. And I dug Ezra Miller, and I think he was great. I think he's youthful. Yeah. And I think that, like, the way that the Justice League kind of has to do more with what their characters have to be in their roles in the team, like... The Avengers, like, they're all more specific. Like, these these roles are, like, a little bit more broad, and they have to do more, like, more things all together. Like, Flash is fast, but he's also young. He's also a time traveler. He's, he's got also, electricity. You know, he's got electricity. He's got so much going. Wonder Woman is, is, like, she's, like, Thor and Captain America combined into one character. It's crazy. <laughs> But then she's got the lasso of truth. Shows that there's like a, a humanity to her that's different yeah. than anything else. Um, yeah, you know, and it's nuts. And uh, okay, so with all that going into it, I really dug it, and it was super exciting for me to see that and to see John Osterman, uh, fucking uh, whatever his name is, uh, Doctor Manhattan as his dad, Billy Crudup. Oh yeah, yeah. His uh, Henry. I hope he's Henry. Uh, Alan, Alan yeah. I hope I hope he's in the I hope he's in the movie, man. I bet you he will be. And like, so to, on the on the flip side, you know, someone I still currently watch The Flash on TV, and I guess they're in season four. And um, no spoilers here, but like, I really really enjoy that show. But there have been times where it's gotten a little bit too dark. Like the beginning of the show, and arguably now, it's a light series, especially compared to its you know predecessor sort of. Uh, uh, spinoff not it's a spinoff of Arrow like which is a very dark show and so you have that uh, Grant Gustin portrayal which is pretty light but it's, he's not he's not like this Th- this take here is really like twitchy and spastic and really young and like really meek in some ways he's like you know the, the fact that he's like oh I only just run around and push people I don't fight he's he's not a hero he became a hero in this movie. So he, right. he had a pretty important arc here, you know, like the fact that, you know, he he's sort of giving up on his his dad's uh, uh, case in a way and moving on to getting a job. Like there's there's a series of events here that happen. And um, I, I think it was really important to, to establish that as, you, you know, they go into the Flash movie. Um, I, I It's interesting that for... Um, the first incarnation of this hero on screen that we we never got, you know, an origin story. I mean, I think there may be pe- some people out there that would want to know exactly what happened, but you know, they kind of touched on it. And said, "Oh, you got struck by lightning." Yeah, basically, were accidents kind of thing. Um, but you know, I think it'll be really interesting to see what they do with the uh, a solo movie. Now, I still have my concerns that it's Flashpoint. I think that would be a great like movie two or movie three and like you know it's change up the status quo of things but um you know we'll see it, it could it could actually help the entirety of the dc eu at this point no i think that they're gonna go right into flashpoint dude yeah oh well yeah i mean that's what they're saying but i i like i said i i don't know what it, if it if their goal is to change up the you know canon completely at this point you know with you know, recasting certain characters or you know new villains and new heroes in the mix um because you know in in the flashpoint in the comics you have like the 
complete role reversal of like, you know, Thomas Wayne as as Batman, and you've got the Atlanteans and the Amazons at war with each other, and like that would be really cool. Like if they went that way with it, like they they mixed it up that way. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I think he did a great job. Um, definitely a highlight of the movie. Definitely com- comedic relief. Um, I loved the fact that they they ended it with the the tag of the two of them racing Superman and Flash like that's a that such a cool awesome. thing and like no we don't need to know we don't know who, need to know who wins so <laughs> that was pretty cool and because no. you know that that added to the lightness of Superman now like that that is something yeah. that he was missing and now he's got like a playful little sidekick <laughs> right exactly i i really enjoyed that whole experience okay so I think we're going to do good, uh, bad news, good news here and end on a high note. And we're going to, we're going to turn, we're going to turn to a down note here because I, I have some stuff to say. Okay. When it was first announced that Ben Affleck was going to be coming on as Batman, I got behind this because I had learned and heard from many podcasts and, and Kevin Smith discussions that Ben Affleck did Daredevil because he thought that that was the closest he could get to playing Batman because mm-hmm. they weren't going to be doing any new Batman movies. When it was time to do, you know, Bat- the Nolan films, I don't think he was even considered. And then, you know, I'm sure kind of as everything kind of came together, him being this Warner Brothers golden boy with two very successful movies, uh, the town and the the other one the uh argo that they were ready to say all right ben all right boy chick get out there and you know you can go be batman you can have the keys to the warner brothers you know stuff and i was ready to i supported him i said you know what this is a good thing he wants to do this he's down like christian bale is too old at this point anyway and by the time they would get to a Justice League movie, it would he'd be a, even older and even shittier about doing it. And I don't want to see like you know Christian Bale being a little dick, you know, you know being Batman forever. Yeah. I, I, you know, so I was like, okay, let's get behind him. Batman vs Superman comes out. Ben Affleck is definitely the best part of that movie. Uh, you know, and it's really easy to heap praise onto him because the Batman action that he gets to do and is executed in that movie is, you know, it's reminiscent of the Arkham game. It's, it showcases, you know, a kind of Batman fighting style that's been in the comics for many years but never really portrayed in the yeah. Nolan films. Almost and, like a, a rated R version of it. Yeah. And, like, and I mean, especially was, in the Ultimate Edition. Like, that is something we had never seen before. He brands people. It, you know, it was... It's nuts. It's, it's, it's great. It stood out, for sure. Um, and I got behind this because I wanted to... Uh, I was so blinded and nuts that I wanted this... I wanted, I wanted to like this movie. I wanted this movie to be good. I didn't want this franchise of heroes that I think are actually more richer and have more depth than Marvel to have such shitty movies. And so I beat myself into a wedge thinking that Batman vs Superman is a kind of a good movie and that hopefully justice league can be, you know, a better movie. Suicide squad did not help that. No, it did not. (laughs) But, but, 
coming out of Suicide Squad, I'm like, all right, well, you know, they have colors again, and mm-hmm. you know, we're we have a lot of villains, so maybe we don't need to have Batman all the time, but they'll figure out which villains work, and we'll you know we'll keep going. They'll do this again. This is just a a side thing. Then Wonder Woman came out, and my expectations were really peaked, and right. I was really excited because. I thought that like wow okay so they have an they have to have some kind of cool idea for something good and a good way to bring Superman back you know for uh the next movie for Justice League right we were all excited for which everyone is always excited for remember and it's important to note at this time uh that George Miller director of uh Mad Max Fury Road pitched and there is a george miller justice league script which was floated around like right before the writer's strike and it wasn't gonna have uh it was like gonna come out in like 2009 so it wouldn't have had christian bale in it either it would have been a different batman and it would have been like a totally like kind of all encapsulating story kind of in its own thing yeah and that's it like there's no other versions of you know this that exist it was either going to be that or it was going to be this and i gotta tell you i thought the plot of this movie was going to be very different i thought that superman based on the way that the ending of batman vs superman ends that superman is going to come back to life in some awesome way on his own on his own and he's going to be someplace out you know fighting or maybe he's back or he he's in like the uh kryptonian nether verse which is like a whole thing i was really kind of excited for some interesting way of bringing superman back yeah because like the way they show it like the the they they did the inception moment where it's like it looks like the dirt rises on the coffin it you think that something might happen like right but you know the, the this movie takes place and he's still dead he's still in the the ground and that's it and they had and the, to resurrect and the whole him. world which was so angry at him is now so sad they miss him so much they're all, they none of everybody has hope they all understand his mm-hmm. mission statement now <laughs> like yeah <laughs> everybody's gotten all the reading material on superman and everyone has made the decision we made a fucking mistake yeah. we did not cherish <laughs> this beautiful alien all he was trying to do was protect us we are such total douchebags and Okay, so Batman. Batman. Why bat why would okay, why is Batman who is easily the most fun superhero to play of all time, the most richest backstory and lore that you could get into, the best villains, the best uh backstory, the best hangout, all the cool stuff. Why is Ben Affleck taking the backseat in every role in this movie? Like, think about every single decision that Ben Affleck, uh, not Ben Affleck. It's hard for me to separate that. Bruce Wayne. (laughs) Think about every decision Bruce Wayne makes in this movie. Let's bring back Superman. Superman can come back. He can help us, you know, uh, because we have a mother box and the the birthing chamber in the uh, Kryptonian ship. Yeah. You know, we'll get him to go here. You know, if that fails, you know, we'll have Lois Lane. Lois Lane will be able to be there. She'll... Uh, make sure that Clark is, you know, calms down in some way. We'll be able to figure out and talk to him later. Um, then, you know, 
the whole time he's like, oh, you know, I'm old, I'm tired, I've been doing this for a long time, I don't want to do it anymore. Diana, you got to lead. lead. Diana, you got to lead now. You know, teaching the Flash, you know, you save one person. You mm-hmm. know, you got to do this, you know. And I, I just don't understand why he's not, like, jumping and more anxious to do this. I I hate to think that it's, like, because he's not directing the next one, that they took I, it away from him. I and think he's, that's really like, it. bitching and moaning that I he think doesn't get to have creative control. And I think the problem is, so, like, you know, Wonder Woman came out, and but, like, this whole year, I, I, I can't think about back to when it actually started, but, you know, the rumors of the back and forth with the Batman movie and what was going to happen to it. And, you know, we all, we, it made us speculate back then, like, oh, well, what does that mean? Is, you know, Batman going to die in Justice League? Like, what's going to happen? Are they going to replace him? All this stuff. And, like, to the point where I think he's said now he wants to have a graceful exit, um, something that makes sense. Like, I I don't, I don't know what that means. Um, I, you know, I, I thought that, there was some really cool, interesting stuff for Batman in this movie, and I would love to see more. But I, I, I almost rather see, like, at this point, if he's going to do a graceful exit, have someone that he can mentor and bring under his wing. Like, show us more of what he was doing with The Flash. Show us more, like... Or, like, like or, or not even that. Like, have, like, the beginning of the next... Or of, like, you know, an interstitial. Like, they should be embracing this kind of interstitial, like, storytelling in doing mm-hmm. their stuff. If they're going to have the post credit scenes, whatever the next movie is, have a scene where it's like, you know, Flash and Batman, and he's, like, mentoring him, and then Flash is like, oh, so you seem like you've done this before, and, like, Nightwing shows up. And, like, they could totally do that. But yeah. then don't you also have in development, like, the Batgirl movie from Joss Whedon? Yeah. So that could be his graceful exit. I'm fine with that. Um... I I just don't get it, and it it sucks because it was somebody I totally rooted for. Yeah, it, it's very similar to me, and and I if he hears this, I hope it inspires him to like do something cool with it. Like it feels like a Rod. It feels like yeah. being a Yankees fan and saying, you know what, like I'm gonna give I a Rod. He's awesome, and you give everything, and you say, oh, he's so cool. You know, he's a great player. He's so good he's going to be in the hall of fame one day like look at his average look at the hits look at the home runs and then he does steroids and you're like oh but why 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 (laughs) and then you know you're like okay well you know we're still going to support him (laughs) because he's a yankee he we want to you know we want to see him do good he he served his time he was you know he, he he paid his price and now he's back and then he does it and he and you know He's fine, but it was sad to see him go out the way that he did. And it's sad to see Ben Affleck do this with Bruce Wayne now. Yeah, Especially when you have Jeremy Irons as Alfred, who's so good. And you have the kind of look of a Bruce Wayne that I totally feel. I really, I dig the cool house by the lake and that he doesn't live in Wayne Manor anymore. I get that. That's awesome. I love the unspoken stories that, you know, because so many people have, known the the Batman stories and the comics and you know how many movies have there existed so like while yes this is not the same Batman as Christian Bale or or Michael Keaton like we can extrapolate in our minds the kind of adventures and the kind of threats he's seen and that's why he's so tired and why he's like ready to to give up but like there's always a fight in him like he is 
just yeah, that's that guy. Like he he is Batman, and Bruce Wayne is the mask, and like embrace that. And especially, especially, and I I don't know if they didn't maybe they didn't have it on set with when it was there, and like maybe this would help him. Like maybe we got to get him some headphones. But like they had the <sighs> most badass Batman music. They had it. We talked about it last week, and they had it, and then they had the Superman theme, and it was amazing. And it was awesome. They had everything, and it felt so good. They had everything, and it and it looked awesome, and the it was oh. okay. So I really liked um, Henry Cavill's Superman when he came back. It made the movie for me. I think everything about the way he portrayed Superman in this movie was spot on. Yeah. And I think that Henry Cavill, if you if Henry Cavill's listening, should do exactly the same thing every time he's playing Superman from now on. Like I, I I understand that you're a really great English actor and you're doing amazing acting on all the movies and projects that you're on, but like with this one, like just don't do that and just do this because this is exactly who Superman is. Yeah. And, and like, I want to see just more of, I want to see more of this. I want to see a Brainiac movie. I want to see him fight the toy maker. But uh, listen, whatever happens with Henry Cavill and Superman, I, I, I love him. And, and, uh, and if this is what we got, this is what we got. But I really do. I think he was so, I think he's so good. And I think that he's got it. Yeah, now. I, I agree. I think it- what what we where we got to with the character here is where we wanted it to be and i think it is more of a a, a story driven decision because i you know i think he could have portrayed it that way i think it was just the way it was written and that you know there was so much darkness around his story and so moving forward now that he's been resurrected it's kind of like the whole thing you know, I, you know, we don't need to, to get into, like, the allegory of it all. But, like, you know, he's he's risen and everyone, like, loves him again. And he's he wants to be alive and he wants to be an image of hope. And, like, I would love to see that Superman movie or, or the next Justice League movie. And I think that is a great segue into what do you think is going to happen next? Are we going to get a Justice League 2? <sighs> okay. Here's what, here's what I think will tell very heavily about the future of the DC franchise. How good this movie does over the next few weeks. If this movie doesn't break half a million dollars before Star Wars, I think you're going to get a Wonder Woman 2. And I think that you'll get Aquaman because they're almost done with it anyway. Um... And once, and then they'll see. Yeah. They'll see how those individual films do. They'll see how, how they come out. And then, you know, I don't know what happens with Batman. I don't know. I don't know what happens with Man of Steel 2. There are and, and that, so and, many. And that's kind of a bummer because there's so many great stories. And now that they're reset in a way, like, they can do really cool stuff and... They have a great cast of characters that I want to see more. I want to see them do more things. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know if we're going to get that. Yeah. I think there are so many other projects up in the air, too, that like they may continue to grow the franchises laterally instead of expand upon the ones they have. Um, and 
it, it's it's great, but it's also a shame because we want these core ones as well. Like the, these are the well, the main characters, and like right, you know, with Wonder but, Woman, she her next movie is going to take place in the past. Like we want to know what happens to her in the future. We want to know what happens to Bruce Wayne. We want to know what happens to Superman now that he's he's back. We want to see the Flash actually in action. Like, okay, so here's the thing. So, you know. The, the great thing and, and, you know, the reason Marvel is successful and why, you know, they have this kind of success that they do and they have all of our, you know, panties in a bunch, if you will. Money. Is, is money, but also it's Kevin Feige. No, I mean, they have our money. They have our money. They have our money. They totally have our money. <laughs> but, like, it's, it, in my opinion, it's Kevin Feige. And this guy has a fucking plan. This guy knows what's going to happen. He's thought about it. He said, these are the movies and this is the story I want to tell. And more or less, this is how we're going to get here. You know, if different things want to happen in different movies that maybe we can work in, that's okay. But we're going to do, you know, our guy's plan over here. Whereas in, you know, in Warner Brothers, and what I think is actually a benefit to them in, in a way, is that they aren't, they don't have someone like this who's overseeing some big picture story arc in a, a grand scheme. They have directors. They have directorial specific films. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, the Nolan movies are always going to feel like the Nolan movies. The Burton films are always going to feel like the Burton films. The Donner films are always going to feel like the Donner films. You know, your Schumacher films are going to look like Schumacher films. And these all feel very Zack Snyder-ish. So and, these are, and we are now... I think, you know, and this is sad in a lot of ways that it ended in this way. We're at the end of the Snyderverse. Yeah. This is Snyderverse phase one. And it didn't end in a way that I think (laughs) if I was the brass at Warner Brothers, uh, uh, a good way forward. Yeah. I, I would say that for a few reasons. First of all, I think that it's been proven that, you know, darkness and slow motion and his ability to, you know, frame a shot, granted. Uh, However, you know, the writing and the storytelling of these characters in these films are really paramount. Mm -hmm. And are they paramount to success? And they have to kind of now go back and, and say... Well, how do we do this? And I think that they're doing it with the guy who they moved over, that the guy from the comics who's big on all the TV stuff. Um, but I don't know if, if that's going to be enough. I don't know if that's enough to write yeah. Yeah. as many wrongs as the Snyderverse has kind of uh, has wrought. Yeah. And I, th- I, th- I think that... For- sorry, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say that the other thing that they need to do with these is that... This movie and BVS were so expensive. They're so expensive. The budgets are so high. The expectations are so high. And it, when they don't meet a certain number at the box office, it, the returns are, aren't worth it. And I think, you know, it's it's clear that the amount of money that they're spending on all the CGI and, and some of the action set pieces, like, just cut it. You know, you, we don't need all of that. Like, we, we can do things with practical practical effects do things that are more story driven like i what i do want to see i would love to see 
a Justice League movie versus the Legion of Doom with Lex Luthor and Deathstroke, two like super villains that don't really have superpowers and that you don't need a lot of special effects. Granted, you're always going to need effects for Superman. You're going to need effects for characters like Aquaman and Flash, but like focus it on them. Don't focus it on like all of the villains and your core villain like Steppenwolf. Like make it put your money into creating the good story and and the rest will fall together. I think what is interesting here and and what the Snyderverse will be remembered for is that it it did it didn't go in the traditional route. You know, they were trying to do something a little different here and and, and that's and I I'll I'll kind of cherish that, yeah. that it was a little bit darker. It was a little bit edgier. And I think people can say, talk shit about it, but I liked it. I don't care what you think. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I'm sad. You know, I think that this, you know, what I said uh, to my brother was, I think this movie was fun, but I don't think it was a good film. And I don't think that it was as iconic as, you know, parts of Avengers was. There's some really great moments in this film, which not every Marvel film has. Yeah. There's amazing moments in this in this film that you that are amazing experiences to see on screen, and it's just great. But it's also, oh man, <laughs> it's also a it's also a video game. Yeah, a little bit. And and yeah, so we like this movie. We did. We like you. We're excited for, you know, it's the holiday season is now fully upon us. Um, if you can, uh, make sure to, uh, you know, give to charities. There's great charities in your, in, in your world. Go find them, give to them, give them money. And uh, as always, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LLH Podcast. Um, I'm AJ. I'm Frank. I, real other quick thought. If you really like this movie, let us know. Let let Warner Brothers know. Go see it again. If obviously you've listened this Go far, you, you've you've liked the movie or you have thoughts about it, because you know we enjoyed it. We want to support it. We want to see another movie. We want we want the DC characters to succeed. Um, it was a fun fun time, um, and I'm looking forward to the other ones that they have. But um, yeah, I, in, until we we know what's next with with Justice League Two or the Batman or Man of Steel's Two. Um, this is what we have and we've got this little package of movies and um, I might go see it again maybe get a matinee something like that but yeah it's been great I'm really glad I got to see it with you and um, you know that was awesome you know everybody stay tuned for the next couple weeks we're going to try to have another episode uh, before uh, the big Star Wars uh, movie of the year and we'll definitely cover that so um, but yeah thanks so much everybody and uh We'll catch you next time.